ticket. Guys, Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipes box makes it easy to master essential oils at over $150 in value. You're going to get four full-size essential oils and all the ingredients you need to make six natural recipes, all for just $39 when you subscribe. Do you want to live a healthier life? Do you want the air in your home, or in my case, our tour bus, to be toxin-free? The answer is yes. Now, this is an amazing company, and here's why. Not just because of 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered straight to your door, but because these are essential oils that change the world, and here's how. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. I'm going to say that again. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. So when you get your essential oils from another company, well, you're going to get essential oils regardless. If you're like the West family, we want to get it from a company that wants to be a part of a cause greater than just profit. And that's what Simply Earth is about. We want to help end human trafficking. I hope you do too. These are the purest oils on earth. Like I said, 100% pure. There are no synthetics, no fillers in these oils. They're tested to be 100% pure with no additives, only the good stuff. These recipes work, too. Every single recipe is created and tested by AHA-certified aromatherapists. You won't get a recipe unless they love it. So here's how it works. You get 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered to your door. You follow the fun recipes in your Simply Earth essential oil recipe box to make products that you know will work because they're created and tested by certified aromatherapists. And you get to enjoy a home free of toxins as we are in the fall spending more time indoors that is more important now than ever so go to simplyearth.com slash west use the code west to get a free $20 gift card with your first recipe box when you subscribe today that's simplyearth.com slash west get a $20 gift card with your first recipe box when you use the code west and subscribe today What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so fired up for today's guest. He's uh, one of my favorite people, but before we dive into that, I want to make sure that I get the chance to say thank you to all who have attended uh, the second leg of the brand new tour. It's in full swing, and we have had so much fun. We kicked it off in Texas and uh, I mean Lubbock, Austin, Tyler, we were all over the place and it's been so much fun. Uh, There are plenty of shows still to come throughout the month of April and May. Do not miss it. Go to brandnewtour.com and I want to make sure you know that there's a special VIP blue couch experience. We're sort of bringing the podcast to the tour. Uh, we're having these two worlds collide in a really cool way. And something special, I don't know how to explain it, but something special has taken place each and every night, not just during the concert, but before the concert with a special group of VIPs. So I uh, would love to have you come and join me for that as well. You can find out all that information and all the different types of tickets, uh, as long as they're still available in the city where you're wanting to attend at brandnewtour.com. Let's see what else um, I mentioned to you before. Uh, I think last week, I think I announced it, that uh, we just announced a special Christmas event very limited spots available, and when we announced it, we sold so many that there's even fewer available because that's how that works. So uh, it's called Come Home for Christmas, December 2nd through the 4th, 
And I'm inviting you to hang out with the West family in our hometown, in Franklin, Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee. If you've ever wanted to come to Music City, no better time than Christmas time. We're going to do special Christmas concerts, Christmas dinner, lots of fun surprises, special guests. It's going to be so amazing. So come home for Christmas. Why am I talking about Christmas in April? Well, because I'm excited. That's why. All right, let's get into today's show. My guest today is one of everybody's favorite people. He is a lawyer, which is interesting. You wouldn't think of your favorite person being a lawyer. Okay, sorry to all the lawyers out there. He's a speaker. He's an author of the New York Times bestselling uh, books, Love Does, and Everybody Always. He's got a brand new book out called Undistracted, and I'm telling you what, you are about to be so inspired by today's conversation. I just know it. So we're going to talk about his new book. We're going to talk about uh, just the interesting uh, places that his willingness to be used by God takes him. And that's really what it's all about. Just saying, God, here I am. What do you want to do with my life? And uh, just, just a fascinating guy. So let's go to the story house with my friend, Bob Goff. Ladies and gentlemen, what is my life that I get to have a conversation with Bob Goff? And yet here it is. I'm pinching myself. This is awesome. Uh, thank you for joining me, Bob. How are you doing today? Oh, heck yeah. I'm so glad that we get to talk. It's fun to see your face and greetings to everybody listening in. Yeah, man. I've been so excited to have you on my podcast. And I want to just start by um, addressing what I'm seeing in the window. Now, the listeners can't necessarily see this if they're just listening to the audio version of this, of course, but I feel like I'm seeing some sort of surfboards behind you. I know you're in California, right? But can you just tell the listener, paint a picture of where you're talking to me from today and why? Yes, my uh, international corporate offices, aka my garage. <laughs> uh, I've just got all my favorite stuff in here. I've got a uh, a little statue that somebody gave me once. And it was like Jesus pointing out to a, a guy and telling him to push out a little deeper. Come on. Uh, and he was afraid to. He thought it was a bad idea, but he did it anyway. And so a lot of my bad ideas come from this place. <laughs> <laughs> I do them anyway. I've got surfboards in here, yeah. uh, which is uh, the water's warming up a little bit. So we'll be using those. And then I have, uh, I really like motorcycles for some reason. And so uh, we've accumulated a couple of those over the years. I remember when our kid, what kids, uh, what grade are your girls in? I have a 16-year-old and uh, a 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So when my son was just a little bit older than that, we uh, bought Harley Davidsons. And then with another mutual friend of ours, we started in Mexico and we drove to Canada. Oh. And we'd never been on the highway before. <laughs> By the time we got to San Francisco, we knew how to change gears and everything. So this is like this place that I'm just surrounded. And here's the neat part. You don't have to have uh, that place in your house. Um, you can borrow Starbucks for six bucks yeah. and, you know, for an overpriced latte um, and create these fun, safe places. Um so yeah, I'm just grateful that we get to occupy it together. Oh man, likewise, Bob. It's so cool. And have you always been like this adventurous spirit that when I follow you on social media or I read your books, I'm just like, a day in the life of Bob Goff, what must that be like? It just feels like a, a Christian Willy Wonka. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> yeah, it. But... With misdemeanors. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I still have diplomatic immunity, which is so awesome. I got that card from the State Department when I took over as the consul for Uganda. I literally I got pulled over for speeding the other day. Yeah. And uh, the guy uh, said, buddy, you got to slow down. And he said, driver's license. And I gave him the State Department card and he read it and said, like, you're immune? I'm like, I am. What? <laughs> he said, are you kidding me? I actually, he didn't say kidding, but that's what he meant. That's amazing. Uh, and I'm like, yes, I shouldn't even have to have car insurance. But here's the deal. <laughs> I think we all should live with, not it's just say, it can come across as this reckless, like whatever. But really as an Enneagram 7, yeah. there's a, a veneer of yippee skippy and beneath that a mile of strategy. Wow. Like you know why you're doing yeah. what you're doing. And it's just a great combination for me. And I just want everybody to honor God by being who he made them uniquely to be. I've heard you talk about your your seven and what that means to you. And and really you you're someone who has a deep understanding of your wiring. And now we know that he officially he literally has a get out of jail free card. This is uh you are free. That's amazing showing that card. It's uh, awesome. Be the consul, Matthew, of any country. <laughs> Liechtenstein's like the size of your living room. Uh, and you get the card. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to uh, send my resume in. I wrote down some words that as I have followed you and uh, have read your books, and I'm super excited to talk about your new book, Undistracted, that just came out. Here's some words that I wrote, and maybe you can consider this if you haven't had your daily affirmation yet, you know, like the Stuart Smalley's Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. Just uh, receive this. <laughs> but I some words that I wrote down in preparation for speaking to you, when I think of Bob Goff, I think of these words, fascinating, interesting interesting, which are, are cousins of words, I would say, curious, inspiring, intentional, generous. You are all of those things from a distance, and I've had the chance to meet you in person, and now I'm getting the chance to speak to you as well and, and having those things be confirmed. I'm just curious. You wrote this book called Undistracted, and uh, I want to know that the book was written from the perspective of somebody who is prone to get distracted so that I don't feel like I'm the only one. Is this coming from a place of not from your own um, achieving and mastery, but from your own wrestling throughout the years to to live with a finite focus on what really matters? Oh, bingo. Like I've mastered nothing. Uh, I'm still learning how to love sweet Maria. I would add to your list insecure, at times selfish, mm. A uh, person that is uh, still figuring out things. And yet I find a lot of comfort, even in my faith, for a father like me who says, I believe, just help my disbelief. I think if we can have no both sides, and I am curious and I am fun and all that, but I'm all those other things as well. And I don't beat myself up, at, but I want to get like the whole thing going. So we used to call them Russian nesting dolls. Now I call them Ukrainian nesting dolls. <laughs> um, but if you just take apart like what's on the outside yeah. and then what's under it and what's under it, and what's under it. And that's just like a really worthwhile thing. And we each get about 4,000 weeks to figure it out. More if you eat broccoli and less if you eat Pop-Tarts. But you got this really finite period of time uh, with a really small, really a handful of people. Did you know this, uh, Matthew, that a handful of sand, if you grabbed one today, uh, oh, next time you happen to be down at the beach, grab a handful of sand. That is 400,000 grains of sand. Isn't mm, that crazy? Give wow, or take. Wow. And if you meet 12 people a day and you live 85 years, 
That's what 400,000 looks like. And so it's really a handful of people that we get to impact and interact with. And I want to leave this kind of, they call it in the scriptures, the aroma of Christ, but it feels like, like cookies in the oven, you know, living in it, feeling welcome wherever, even if you disagree on some things about faith and life and worldview that people smell the cookies in the oven. I think that would be that invitational uh, aroma that we want to leave behind us. So uh, Undistracted is a book by a seven who, uh, Enneagram seven, who's like amped. I like, I live distracted. Like that's his, I'm like that dog in Up. I'm like squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> oh, in the movie Up um, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I couldn't find a book about it. So that's the cool thing yeah. about being an author is you get to off. I know that's not a word, <laughs> but you get to just write the book you need. Yeah. So that's what I did. I was just kind of thinking out loud, not what I have to teach, but what I've learned from other people. Uh, and yet, because of what you've learned and the journey you've taken, you know, you can speak to so many people who are are beginning the steps of going, hey, I want to live an intentional life. I want to make the most of of the time that we get. I, I heard you speak on your podcast, um, which, of course, people, I know so many people listen to, and we're going to post a link to your podcast as well. But you mentioned that 4,000 weeks and there was something I was in my car and it just stopped me. There's something about like, you can know a truth and you can be aware that life is a vapor and everything's quickly fleeting. You can, you know, one time I Googled how many um, seconds are in a day, you know, 86,400 seconds. Sometimes when somebody puts it in a certain way, it just, it's like you're receiving that, that jolt of awareness for the first time. And it, and it kind of rocks you a little bit. So I was sitting in my car early morning and I heard you say 4,000 weeks and it just, I don't know. There was something about that number that shook me. It kind of had a little, like almost like a cold shower wake up moment. And I think it's important to have moments like that. And I'm wondering if your prayer is that this book can, can be that awakening moment for, for somebody who picks it up to, to figure out how to be most intentional and, and focus on what matters most in our lives and, and toss away the other hindrances aside. Yeah, one of the boatload of things I've learned from uh, a group of friends like you guys in Nashville is that saying, be where your feet are, uh, to just be fully present, not just in proximity to people, uh, but to actually be fully present. And what I'll do, it feels like a little bit of a military march, but I'll literally plant my feet when I walk up. I don't make a big deal about it. It's not for them. It's for me to say, be fully here. Don't be checking on, you know, apples and all that. But instead, just to say, hey, I'm fully here. I'm fully present. I'm more interested in your stuff than my stuff right now. And so in order to get there, though, I need to come to some understanding of my stuff. Like, what are the things that are swirling? What are the things orbiting around me? What are the things that we could have friendships where there's a, I'm not an astronomer, but I was just curious about stuff. There's uh, when a planet is in orbit around another one, there's two things. Perigee is when those planets are closest together and apogee is when they're furthest away. They're still in orbit, but they're kind of further away. And so you might be in a relationship, a marriage, something you just say you're in apogee you're still in orbit around each other but it's a like it, this feels further apart uh and i'm trying to get back to perigee to just say and the way to get there for me is to be where your feet are and that's not a lesson i taught myself that's something i listened i learned from you and your friends uh in nashville about just being fully present and then ironically you would probably uh know better than me that a lot of 
our circle of friends are not fully present where their feet are. Um, so there's one thing to uh, learn it and understand it, and then the next thing to own it. And so what I'm trying to do is put this stuff into practice. I can't think of one time Jesus told his friends, guys, just agree with me. <laughs> like, he's, like just, he's not looking for agreement. He's looking for obedience. And there's something really beautiful about that. I'm learning about that too. You talked about like the Russian dolls, which now you call Ukrainian dolls. And you talk about layers. And, and even at the very beginning, you said, I'm I'm a seven, but like, I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. The layers underneath of all of us that, you know, when you talk about the, our tendency to be distracted in life, Bob, is a lot of it because we're afraid of pulling back the layers. We're, we're, we're afraid of what we might find underneath that instead we're, we're surrounded by all these opportunities to stay distracted and never really get to the core of like what it is that's making us tick, what it is that makes us insecure, what it is that makes us project our negativity into relationships or whatever it might be. Uh, we have all these opportunities to stay numb and stay distracted, and therefore we miss out on, uh, you know, I loved, you had talked about Ephesians 3.20, about how God is going to do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine, right? And yet so many of us sadly never get to discover and step into that immeasurably more uh, because we're you're settling for something less, and that is being numb and being distracted by everything else that takes our attention away from really dealing with some of the real issues in our lives. Yeah, I would say it's uh, uh, it, for a lot of us, it's not uh, afraid of what we might discover if we actually get down to the thing. It's knowing what we'll have to deal with. Mm. Um, it isn't that we, uh, I, I don't know what I would find there. It's that I actually uh, will have to then deal with it. And if I can numb it out, defer it, avoid it, then I won't have to deal with it. And I don't have that, uh, that incongruity in my life. And what I'm trying to do is just learn to not embrace or fan the flames of that, but to just realize, just like Paul, like I keep doing what I don't want to do and I don't do what I do yeah. want to do. That's just Tuesday for me. Yeah. And it's Wednesday. I was following a guy up to uh, uh, Pepperdine where they let me teach a class and uh, and he had this like uh, bright red convertible and the top was down and all that. And his custom license plate, uh, it said um, Amish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a guy who's living a conflicted life. He's like, I, I'm kind of against all this, but I'm in a hurry and I want to look good when I get there. So, but that is our life. That's how we roll. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> That's a great image. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, you talk about um, fully present. What was it you said, you, how you plant your feet when you're talking to somebody? When I walk in uh, to a room, I'm thinking, how can I be like, show up all the way here? I'm actually looking for a, a power cord as I'm doing this. Because my <laughs> computer's going to go out. Talk about not being fully present for a moment. Um, I love it. You're Ill no, this is things are falling. This is no, awesome. and you're, this is my life. In your wisdom, you're illustrating the the whole message of your new book. This is this is yeah, brilliant. But We're stay out it. in front of it. <laughs> Might be yeah. <laughs> a little preparation would do us well. What I want to do is not be living in those past failures and letdowns and all that, but to actually learn from them. Yeah. Like to actually learn that this is what is likely to happen. You don't need to work for NASA to figure out the trajectory of some of the uh, decisions you're making and things that you're doing. And I, what I want to do is just 
be more heads up about what is likely to happen next. And I don't want to be afraid of that. I want to live in anticipation. Mm -hmm. And so what if we were to like anticipate that if we were uh, engaging people with love and curiosity, Paul talked about it, Philippians 2.20 said, I don't have anybody like Timothy. He's a guy that takes a genuine interest in the people around. If you started taking a genuine interest in the people around, uh, started being more interested in their stuff than yours, you'd actually live a really rich life. And you'd actually uncover some stuff in your life that might need some attention. So I'm a note taker. Are you? Do you take lots of notes? I do when it comes to songwriting and with books and stuff. So I'm, I do take a lot of notes in those creative endeavors for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say like the people that have been the largest influences in the world were all like note takers. You net this butterfly, it turns into a lyric, it turns into a song. And it was George Lucas uh, was actually writing uh, Star Wars at the same time he was scoring American Graffiti. And you find a particular scene by roll number and dialogue number. And uh, he was asking about this thing. And the guy told them this scene is in roll two, dialogue two. And no kidding, George Lucas wrote down R2-D2. <laughs> really? <laughs> and the rest is history. And so what you're uh. doing when you're taking these notes, this is right out of Deuteronomy. When you wake up, like, think about what God's done. When you're walking by the way, when you lay down at night, when you get up the next morning, talk about it, tie it in the front of your head, tie it on your fist. Like, I just want to write these notes, go old school, get a Sharpie and write it on the palm, like Palm Pilot, old school. But to not forget these things. And I think the more we do that, then we actually uh, live into these beautiful lives. Uh, I don't know what it's like to write a book. I assemble books. Really? I just take all the things that I've heard from you and somebody else and I write them down and then I I don't have quiet times in the morning. Mine are super loud. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll just say, what's everything I heard yesterday? And I want to do what Paul said to check it against scripture. And then to say, if it's true, I want to pull on that a little bit. What's that connected to in my life? Who did you look to and you saw somebody living this out where you saw somebody living an undistracted life, focusing on the things that matter most, not, not letting the enemy, um, deter them or send them on some sort of a detour. Can you point to a person who you said, okay, that's, you know, if, if I'm Timothy, that's my Paul, you know, that, that person who's, who's showing me that it can be done. And I want to live life to the fullest, like that person. Who, who do you point to? Yeah, there's this one particular guy, uh, back in Washington, DC, he was a friend and he's passed since now, but he would be a guy that knew why he was doing what he was doing. Um, uh, if you said that I like your tie, like that's a great looking tie, he would make a big deal up, of it, but in your luggage on the way home would be his tie. There was a guy that was pretty notable uh, that a lot of people know of that walked into his office when I happened to be there uh, visiting. And this guy was retiring after this illustrative career and he took off his watch and he gave it to my friend mm. and he said, I want you to have this watch. And uh, my friend said like, wow, thank you. This means so much. And he put it on, he buckled it up. And the guy number one left. The next guy walked in he said, that's a nice watch. And he took it off without skipping a beat. And he said, I want you to have this. 
And uh, he didn't say who it, who it was, what it meant, anything. He just let things fall through his fingers. That guy was a river. He wasn't a reservoir. Ooh. And so people like that, like that kind of just over-the-top generosity, but he wasn't like making a big deal about it. And uh, the scriptures talk about that. Like if you make a big deal about what you've done, right. you get a little golf clap here. Uh, but if you just shut up, <laughs> you'll actually get to talk to Jesus about it, which is a real problem for guys like me and maybe you. Like, I write books. And I, so if I said, oh, there was that time. And he's like, I read the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, so like, and then there was that other time. Oh, yeah, I heard your talk. Um, and so I would say to uh, like that idea of being secretly incredible to just keep a couple things just uh, just to you. So that would be living undistracted. It would be super intentional. And what's really cool is you've sold millions of books, and yet I would argue that some of the um, impact that uh, reverberates and echoes even louder than the stories in the pages of your books are the stories that individuals have even told me about their interactions with you and how they've witnessed firsthand you being quietly, did you say secretly incredible, uh, you know, about you being a river and not a reservoir. And a lot of that is is being mindful and not undistracted, but being mindful of how you want to be remembered in the world, would you say? Yeah, like people that are known for their opinions, but remembered for their love. Uh, and so I'm not being diplomatic when topic number four comes up. I just uh, compared to some other things in my life that just isn't the number one thing I'm thinking about right now. And, uh, and I'm nor am I critical of other people that my number one ought to be their number one. So sometimes we can get in this cycle where we have a lot of opinions about people and we're talking about people rather than to them. Uh, and I like how Switzerland has gone. Uh, I was, was kind of giggling when they went against the Russians here recently. I'm like, you got to tick somebody off. For Swiss you got Switzerland mad out you, like, dude, we've just lost, rethink it. We've just lost a cliche, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but give me a bar of chocolate and a bobsled. I want to be that guy. Um, I want to be the one that's just not, like, I want to be known for love not rem, uh, thought about for all these opinions. And I think one of that will get to heaven. And then all these things that we thought we were positive about yeah. uh, end up being untrue. That's Matthew five. You've heard it said, but now I say, you've heard it said, but now I say, and I, well, what's that beautiful saying? There's two types of people, humble people and people who are about to be. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Go with door number Woo! two. <laughs> so what if we do this lead with love and knowing uh, it's a, a letter that a guy, Simon Peter, wrote to his friends. Uh, and he said this, that God has given us everything that we need to lead beautiful, godly lives. And so what I'm doing is getting my head on a swivel. He's given me you. He's given me some other friends. He gave me a couple opportunities. And everybody listening, too, get your head back on a swivel. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Being a human is exhausting. Living this life is exhausting. Everyone, for every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have or what you're going through. Life takes its toll. Amen? One common stressor is how we give away our power. You can't control what someone else does or what happens to you, but you can control how you choose to respond. 
That's how you keep your power. And therapy can help you learn this. It's not just a Jedi mind trick, all right? It's learning what you're capable of. And as our resident therapist says, when life gives you lemons, you can either make lemonade or squeeze them into your eye. It's your choice. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So go make some lemonade. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Matthew S. Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MWP. That's B-E-T. T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash M-W-P. I know these are coming straight from the pages of your own notes, and I'm so honored that you're sharing them with me and the listeners today and that you would compile them. Or as you said, you don't write a book, you assemble a book. This book, Undistracted, I kind of smile when I first saw the title of the book. I love to read. I love to write. I feel like reading makes me a better writer. Um, a lot of times I'll listen to the audio version of a book while I'm on my walks and I'll and I'll do both. I'll read the book and I'll listen to the book. It just helps me consume. But when I saw the title of the book, Undistracted, I kind of smirked and thought, knowing me, it's going to take me 12 years to read that book, you know, just because I get distracted. Exactly. <laughs> as you're tripping over the curve. Exactly. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you talk about, uh, obviously, 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love. And I've heard you talk uh, in your in one of your most recent podcast episodes as you were setting up the heartbeat behind the book Undistracted and what your goal is to help people, how the enemy is going to aim to go after those three things in keeping us distracted. And could you unpack that for a moment and and how it's important for us to keep our eyes on the importance of those three things, faith, hope, and love, and how we can ask the Lord to help us fight against the enemy's tricks to keep us distracted in those three areas? Yeah, I just think this idea that uh, darkness does not want to destroy me and it doesn't want to destroy you because destruction is one and done. As soon as you're out, you're out. Uh, but if he distracts you, then that's the gift that keeps taking. <laughs> it'll take you away from the people you love. It'll take you away from friendships. It'll get these old things on a loop, old wounds, un unkind words that people said. You'll know this is happening because you're still trying to win arguments that happened a week, a month, a year ago. And so I want to just find a place to park those. I want to see it so can I understand it so it can bring it to Jesus to fix it. And so a lot of time in our faith traditions, what we do is we go right with, you know, Philippians to make your requests known to God. But I mean, this is a God that says, I know it before you ask yeah. it. And so I think the idea is to make it known to you first so you know what the heck you're asking God for. Uh, and get specific. Don't say, God, I want to be happy. And which is me too, you know, uh, sign me up for that. Right. But to just say, what does happy look like? Does that mean deep abiding friendships? Yes. Uh, does that mean uh, people exerting less control over you and more influence and said, yes, I want to be controlled less. And does happy look like, but, but let's figure out what it is uh, so we can hang a target on it. And so we can start moving in that direction with some intention and some focus and 
uh, undistracted. Do this exercise with me. Okay, if you're listening in the car, stuck in traffic, can you do it too. Okay, give me the first three letters of the alphabet, starting with A. B, C. Okay, now the next four numbers, starting with one. Oh, uh, two, three, four, five. Now the next three letters. D. Now the next two D, numbers. Uh, I'm already. Now the next four letters. <laughs> so can you see how that, like, we have this myth of multitasking, right. and it's really it's not. not. The grinding of the gears we all experience, what you need to say is, where did I leave off, right? And where can I start? A super easy task, you know, ABC123, but, but it's the stop, where did I leave off? start. And this isn't a pitch for efficiency. This is a pitch for living an undistracted life. So what we do is we switch from this to this, to this, to this, which is all of our days. And I just want to slow the cadence down and just like spend a little time on something. Just say, I want to spend some time with this conversation right now. I want to see what's the thing underneath the thing. I want to go, what's the core of this? You know, there's some of my friends, you know, they're ready to make a defense for the hope that's within, you know, as if Jesus needs a lawyer. Wow. (laughs) They're trying to stick up for baby Jesus. And I'm like, read Revelations. (laughs) He's out of the crib. But to continue reading it, to do it with kindness and respect. So we've got a school for girls in Afghanistan. We started before the recent takeover by the Taliban. And after the takeover, we went to the Taliban with kindness And we said, will you let our girls go back to school? And within two weeks, they're back in their chairs. Now, these are the bad guys. uh, But I'm not trying to make a headline. I'm trying to make a difference. I want little girls to learn how to read and write. And so if you made a big deal about it, they'd go shut the school down. That's good. So why don't we do more things with a boatload of intention and then just keep your eyes on your own paper? Somehow we assume that God's doing the same thing in your life as he is in my life. And the fact is he's not. And so respect that, be reverent about that, treat that with kindness and respect. So even comparison can be one of the things that gets us distracted. Such a punk. Yeah. I'm so so glad that you brought up your work in Afghanistan because that was one of the questions I was going to ask you before our time was up together. First of all, I just want to say how admirable and inspiring it is. And I love what you said about just keeping your eyes on your own paper, focusing on what what God's opening up a door for you to do. And when you do it with intentionality, uh, amazing things happen. What you just said cannot be missed by the listener. You're focused on making a difference, not a headline. I just think that was such a powerful statement. And because of that heartbeat and that drive and that mentality, those girls are able to go to school and get an education because you're not, your, your motivations are not headed in the wrong direction. It's just incredible, Bob. I, um, so it's, what's interesting is like undistracted on the surface, someone might go, this is like a self, a self-help type of thing. And, and you're going like, no, this is a self, this is a life fulfillment mission we're on. There's a song that I put out this past year called What If? And one of the lines says, um, my biggest fear is waking up to find what matters is miles away from what I spent my life chasing after. Is my story going to have the same two words in every chapter? What if? It really, it's based on this premise of what if today's the only day I got? I don't want to waste it if it's my last shot. And I feel like deep down, a lot of us have, we're going and we're, we think we're most multitasking. We think we're, we're climbing mountains and, and conquering and, and having victories and successes. And yet deep down, when we stop long enough to take some inventory, there's this fear that am I going to wake up one day and realize that I had my ladder up against the wrong building? 
and I think this book is is something designed. What you're trying to do is to help us make sure that our pursuits are ones that have an eternal value. And I know your faith is so important to you, Bob. I also know that you you don't uh, like you said. What'd you say about defending baby Jesus? <laughs> thought, yeah, that was like, great. He's like this lion. Somebody called me up. They said, "Are you watering down the gospel again?" And I said, "Oh, I hope so, because I want to make." Uh, a book for thirsty people. I'd hang a salt lake at the end of every pew. Um, just whatever it is that brings you yes. into obedience with these beautiful things that are commandments that we turned into suggestions. Hungry people, thirsty people, sick people, strange people, naked people, and people in jail, widows and orphans and James. Like, don't tell me you're looking for a plan for your life. There's the plan. You want to find Jesus? He said, I'm them. And if following Jesus doesn't lead you to them, you're not following Jesus. Now, I'm not pointing a bony finger at anybody else. I'm talking to myself. I'm just saying, so how am I organizing my life? And it's not shame-driven. It's uh, this idea of I know what's going to outlast me. And he said, and I want to meet him. Evidently, that's going to happen later. But we keep deferring it. It can happen right now at a penitentiary. Come to San Quentin with me. I'm there every three weeks. Are you? Like, you'll just meet some beautiful, crazy guys. Yeah, I teach a class there. Nobody graduates. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> They're all in for life. <laughs> we don't have to take roll call. They do that four times a day. Um, Tell me what you're teaching. Yeah, I teach a class on writing books right now. And then last time it was about uh, dreaming big. And the crazy part is those that aren't in for life get time off their sentences by attending the class. Talk about setting prisoners free. I mean, it's just another version of tying the bedsheets together, but nobody gets in trouble. But to say, like, this is actually a beautiful thing, and I'm not saying that to draw attention to me. I'm saying forget about going across an ocean. I mean, you're only going to find two things in Scripture about that. Paul got shipwrecked and Jonah got eaten. But to say go across the street, you'll find a ton about that. Yeah, Love your neighbor. And it's not lost on me that he said it to a lawyer like me uh, who is trying to set him up. And he said, love God, love the people he made. And you can't say you love God if you don't love the people he made. We need to hear these stories too. And I know it's like you're you're telling these stories, not saying, hey, look at what I'm doing. You're you're showing us by example, these are these are the things that matter. This is what God has called us to do. Go across the street. Love does. I mean, you've that's been your message reverberating loud and clear, but not just with the words you've shared, most importantly, with the actions that you've that you've just been carrying out in your life. Can I ask you one one question that I ask? every guest, and it might seem like it's a, a trip backwards based on what we've been talking about, but it, it really, to me, it kind of carries it back to the inception of who Bob is today. Your faith is important to you. It's the driving force of your life. And I ask every guest if they can share about that moment in their life where their faith became real to them and it just where it dawned on it. And so for some people, it's a story of being a child, uh, going to vacation Bible school for somebody in Sam Quentinson. I, I was, I was in prison and Bob Goff spoke into my life and I call it a blue couch moment because for me, I was sitting on a blue couch watching a Billy Graham crusade by accident. And this preacher's kid who thought he was going to get to heaven because he was in the family business, just something clicked. And it, I began to realize, no, that God, the, the creator of the universe, the King 
king of the world has his sights set on me, that he loves me, that he wants to have a personal friendship with me. And it over that moment where it overwhelmed me, the kindness of the fact that God was even aware of me and my answer couldn't help but be, yes, I want, you're the author of my story. I want, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Before we part ways today, can you take us to a moment in your life where that was your blue couch moment and you said, yes, I want to follow God? Oh, yeah. I just immediately what sprung to mind is this nutty friend of mine in high school. We were out shooting pellet gun at old cans and all that. And then he wasn't next to me anymore. And I look behind a tree. He's pointing his pellet gun at me Uh and he shoots me like in the plate with this thing. And it went like in me, in me, not like paintball, like in me, in me. And we're putting leaves and mouthwash and all this uh, we're up in his bedroom now trying to like fix this thing and he's got the tweezers out and we're trying to get in there and pull it out. And he started telling me about Jesus. I'm like, you shot me. <laughs> I didn't think you could do that. And I realized that just how fallible and messed up he was. And that if God could love him, there was room for me. And I think that was my blue couch moment, that realization wow. that God uses these people that are wonky and figuring it out. But the thing is, he wasn't pretending that he wasn't. He wasn't pretending that he had his act together. So my assassin friend like, was <laughs> a guy, the most unlikely person to uh, demonstrate for me that there was a room for a guy as messed up as me. That's that's a great that's a great story. Just being shot by a pellet gun and then he witnesses to you. In case this is your dying day, I want to make sure. That- I got three words for that. Don't do that. <laughs> Bob, that's awesome. Uh, your your organization, Love Does, can people get plugged in at lovedoes.org, I'm assuming, and find out more about the work that you're doing in Afghanistan and other parts of the world as well? Yes, we actually have a, a branch of Love Does around everybody. It's your neighbors. It's on there on your left and your right and across the street. Beautiful. And so the best way to plug into Love Does is to just go home and do something. Wash somebody's car, bake them a pie, you know, if they don't want it, I do. Uh, yeah. But to just say what's going to actuate your faith, if you're far away from faith, that you're listening to Matthew because you love his music like I do, um, just know that you're just invited. All your wonkiness, my friend with a pellet gun, you with all of your ish, like me with all of mine, just get real with that and just bring it with a humble heart. That's beautiful, Bob. Uh, and you've done that today by by joining me and taking uh, some of your valuable minutes to to hang out with me and my listeners on this podcast. Uh, I'm so excited for everybody to to go read and and uh, check out the new book, Undistracted. And if they're like me, it might take a little longer to finish just because of uh, the very distractions in our lives. But it uh, it's a must read because this is so important. You've come here today with your book, but with our conversation with a powerful reminder that hopefully will wake us up like a cold shower in the best way. 4,000 weeks. Uh, Life is short. We want to make it count and make it matter. Thank you for showing us what that can look like in word and in deed. And uh, it's just an honor to be able to hang with you today, Bob. Yeah. Can I just uh, tell you thanks from people that you haven't met, which are my three kids. Uh, They've been influenced by your uh, music, by your life, uh, by not just the things that you say, but the way that you're living your life. And Sweet Maria sends her love to you and your family as well. Thank you. So just thanks for this time. 
Thank you, Bob. I'd love to take you up on the invitation to visit the prison with you as well, because that's a special place in my heart. I've gotten the chance to do that several times, and uh, it's been uh, a life-changing moment after life-changing moment. You want to see people worshiping, too, like leading worship inside a prison. It's uh, it's just been uh, unbelievable. I could share more stories about that with you when we uh, get a cup of coffee together. Or, uh, you know, at the very least, I know if I get in a car or ride sidecar in one of your motorcycles when i come to san diego we will not be stopped by the law and if we are we will get off scot-free and this is just uh you're my plus one (laughs) bob you're the best and uh thank you for the encouragement today and uh so excited for everybody to check out undistracted thanks for helping us along the way on our journeys oh thanks amelia All right, now it's time for songs from the story house. Today's song from the story house is a song called Not Today. And um, I don't know if I've even featured this song yet on this podcast, but if I have, I don't care. Because there was something about talking to Bob and the theme of being undistracted and having this like focus. Um, It made me think about this song, like telling the enemy, like get behind me, like not today. You're not going to get me off my mission today. And that's all I'm going to say about this. Just take a listen to this. You know, sometimes these songs that never hit the radio, I feel like some of y'all don't get to hear them, you know? And that's why you got to listen through the entire album. But you know what? If you didn't listen to the entire brand new album, first of all, I forgive you. Second of all, you're listening to the podcast. And here we go. You're going to get to uh, hear these songs that maybe you've missed. So uh, maybe this could be an anthem for you, an undistracted anthem today. Uh, telling Satan not today. Check this out. Yesterday you came knocking at my door, selling me lies like every other time before. Can't believe I let you in, falling for your tricks again. Yesterday your grip had me paralyzed. One foot in the grave, winner of a losing fight I heard you call me by my shame But now I know that's not my name I listened to you yesterday Now I need you to hear me say Not today get knocked down but am i gonna let your games keep me on the ground if you think i'm gonna just give in if you think i'm gonna let you win well not today sins washed away if you come in me again you'll hear my defender say i've been bought by a price all my sins washed away if you come in me again you'll hear
He's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why the last segment of today's show is called Dadvice. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dadvice. Dad, thanks for joining us. We are in the month of April. It is Easter season. We're excited to, of course, as followers of Christ, celebrate Resurrection Sunday and all that it means for us, the sacrifice that God made by sending his one and only son to die on a cross for our sins. We've been talking about how to keep first things first in our life this whole first quarter of 22. So as we turn our thoughts towards Easter, how can that theme of first things first apply to uh, the Easter season and what we're about to remember and celebrate? Okay. Well, we're going to apply that to the title, The First Nail. As a pastor, Easter was one thing I look forward to more than ever, the crowds and everything, and seeing people just moved by the power of the cross and the resurrection. And, and now I get the honor to privilege to travel with you, Matthew, all through the year for the past 10 years. And every night of the concert's almost like Easter Sunday, people coming and they're worshiping. And, and especially uh, since we've gotten back on the road because of the pandemic. But the first now, Psalm 22, 16 and 17 points to the Messiah. Here's what it says. They pierced my hands and my feet. Three things we want to look to about the message of the cross in the first nail. Number one, we owed a debt, the debt of sin. There's a song that says, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. He paid it all when he died on Calvary. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A great uh, song, how great the Father's love for us. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. We owed a debt. Number two, God had a plan. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 is a powerful prophecy of the coming Messiah and what he was going to do. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the sins of us all. Billy Graham said, the cross shows us the seriousness of our sins, but shows us the immeasurable love of God. And then thirdly, the first nail in his hand was the first step to our redemption, to our forgiveness. It drew drops of blood. Scholars say that the nails used to crucify Jesus were probably made of iron and were seven to nine inches long. Our text again, they pierced my hands and Mm. my feet. A great quote here, the nail pierced hands of Jesus reveals the love-filled heart of God. And two of my favorite hymns, the old rugged cross and the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. 
and then he was nailed to the cross for me. He was nailed to the cross for me. On the cross crucified for me, he died. He was nailed to the cross for me, the first nail. Mm. He could have asked God to deliver him after feeling the pain of that first oh, nail, man, and, sure. and yet he, he took it all. Oh, he took all man. of our shame, so all of our sin, and all of our suffering, and uh, something for us to be mindful of. That's how mindful he is of us. Let us be mindful of the greatest sacrifice ever made and the greatest gift ever given, that he would lay down his life for us. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Okay, that's our show for today. I loved that conversation with Bob Goff, and I hope you did too. I'm sure we all could take something away from it, uh, something of great value. So, man, it's just like when you think about, when I was growing up, there was a commercial about Michael Jordan. It was like, be like Mike. And uh, you want to dress like Mike, you want to play basketball like Mike. And uh, I, I kind of think there should be a new commercial, be like Bob. I think uh, what an inspiring character he is, and uh, he's just the real deal. So thank you so much for listening today, guys. A reminder, you can catch us on the road right now on the Brand New Tour. Go to brandnewtour.com to find out where we're going to be, to find out who the special guests are joining me, and all the information you need. It has been so great to reconnect with you guys on the road. One incredible evening of worship after the other. Don't miss it, okay? Look forward to seeing you. Thanks to my dad, as always, with the great word, with dad advice. Uh, our ministry's called Pop We, and we have noticed so many of you signing up to begin receiving our free weekly devotionals that we send out as a gift from our ministry to you. It's called Day One Devos. Every week, in addition to the encouragement you'll receive, uh, with our weekly podcast, you can get that email. It's just once a week. It's a little uh, short devotion that comes out of my own personal quiet time. I would love to share it with you in the hopes that it reminds you to spend time with Jesus every single day. Um, it's, it's like the air we breathe. We can't live without it, right? So uh, thanks so much. And remember, uh, go make the most of the one life you get. You get one shot. Don't waste it, all right? And the way to not waste it is to keep your eyes on Jesus and remember that it's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.